solve another. Truman Capote, in cold blood. He was just our Ricky, you know. Darlene Langley, sister of Ricky Langley. There is a principle in the law called proximate cause, taught to first-year law students through the case Palsgraf versus Long Island Railroad Company. A woman stands at one end of a train platform. Picture her. The year is 1924, and Helen Palsgraf is taking her two little girls to Rockaway Beach for the afternoon. The day is very hot, and the brick row house where the girls, their older brother, and their parents live is stuffy. With school out and nothing to do, the girls have been whining all day, and Helen has finally decided to take them to the beach. Perhaps she has buttoned a cotton dress-up over her bathing suit and donned a wide-brimmed straw hat to block the sun. Now she leans against one of the station platform supports and fans herself with the hat. A few feet away, the girls play together with a doll one has brought. Helen watches them idly. At the other end of the platform, 30 feet away, a young man runs to catch the train that is now departing and express to the Jamaica neighborhood of Queens. Perhaps he has plans to meet his pals there for a night of carousing. They will drink beer, they will listen to a band play, they will dance with pretty girls. Maybe he will even kiss the girl his cousin has told him about, a looker from Connecticut. He is with two other young men, and they all run for the train, but the man we care about carries under his arm a slim package wrapped in newspaper, 15 inches long. The train has already begun to leave the station, its large metal wheels turning at an ever-increasing clip, but the man does not want to miss tonight. He runs faster. Can he make it? The train pulls out. There's a gap between it and the platform now. The man leaps. From the train, a conductor leans out to catch his arms and pull him aboard. From the platform, a porter gives him a shove. The man lands safely on the train. But the package falls, and when it hits the ground, explodes. The package contains fireworks. The next morning, newspapers report dozens injured. A teenager's hair caught flame. A mother and daughter suffered cuts all over their arms and legs. And at the other end of the platform from the train, a large metal scale used for weighing baggage shook and tottered. The woman standing beneath it, holding a wide straw hat, screamed. The scale fell. When Mrs. Palsgraf recovers, she sues the railroad for her injuries. What caused her injuries? Let's start with the scales falling. This is what in law is called cause in fact. If the scale had not fallen, Mrs. Palsgraf would not have been injured. But there's a problem. Scales don't just fall. The explosion caused the fall. And explosions don't just happen. The young man's fireworks caused this one. But fireworks don't just go off. The porter made the young man drop his fireworks by pushing him. Mrs. Palsgraf's injury must be the porter's fault, and thus that of the railroad that employs him. All of these possible causes are causes in fact. The causes in fact are endless. The idea of proximate cause is a solution. The job of the law is to figure out the source of the story, to assign responsibility. The proximate cause is the one the law says truly matters, the one that makes the story what it is. In my memory, there is a dark room that stands wide-mouthed as a cave, fluorescent bars weakly aglow in its center. 
On the walls, rows of leather-bound books stretched to the ceiling, the muted colors of their spines alternating the blue of an old flag, the green of the sea, the red of dried blood. The books are legal registers, the same books in every law firm library in the country that hold case decisions from decades before. Each of them contains countless stories, countless lives. Who did what, and who was made to pay? Picture me there. In June of 2003, 25 years old. Last week, I passed my days hunched in a library corral that smelled of old wood, where I scribbled six-hour blue book exams to finish my first year of law school at Harvard. Yesterday, I boarded a plane that carried me south to New Orleans. Then I disembarked into air that was a hot, wet slap. I have come to the South to fight the death penalty by interning with a law firm that represents people accused of murder. I am proud of this work I want to do, and also frightened.